What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. My name is Zach Clinton. I'll be your host. And as we continue to grow, I'll have friends joining me each week to interview some of the leading experts in the fields of motivational speaking, mental health, ministry, and even sports. Our goal is to instill hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today. And our prayer is that after each episode, you'd be more equipped and encouraged to look, love, and live more like Christ from the inside out. That's our definition of what it means to be built different. So I hope you're ready. You better buckle up. Let's roll. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to this week's edition of the Built Different Podcast. I'll be your host, Zach Clinton. And as always, I hope and pray you had a blessed weekend and are having a great start to your week. But if you haven't, then I believe you're in the right place. And my prayer is that you would find some hope, encouragement, and motivation in and throughout today's conversation. That being said, as we wrap up the month of February, can you believe it? February is gone in the snap of a finger. But as we wrap up the month and really the series that we've been diving into regarding love and relationships, I thought there were no better guests than bringing on a power couple who love Jesus as well as live, love, and lead others so well. Joining us again on the podcast today is my dear friend, renowned speaker, hope dealer, and Harris Creek Baptist Church Young Adults Pastor, Grant Trout. And this time, he decided to bring his wife in on the fun, who just so happens to be a best-selling author, renowned speaker, and social media influencer herself, Miss Maddie Pruitt Trout. But before we dive into today's conversation, you guys, I wanted to remind you of our premier sponsor for the podcast, which is our parent company and association called the AACC, the American Association of Christian Counselors. Here at AACC, we are committed to assisting Christian counselors, the entire community of care, licensed professionals, pastors, and lay church members with little or no formal training. Our vision statement here at the AACC is derived from 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 3 to 4, Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 to 13, and Philippians chapter 1 verses 4 to 6. The vision of AACC has two critical dimensions. First, we seek to serve the Christian church worldwide by helping it become more mature in Christ while taking on God's heart of love and sacrificial care. And secondly, we seek to serve, educate, and equip professionals in the mental health field through continuing education opportunities, such as our world and national conferences, live webinars, other training events, and our printed education and training materials. We are committed to helping the church equip God's people to love and care for each other in the same spirit that Christ loves and cares for us. To find out more about all that we're doing here at the AACC or to check out the countless resources we have to offer, please visit our website at aacc.net. Again, that's aacc.net. Now to get back to today's conversation again, our guests today are two incredible individuals who live, love, and lead so well. And what I love about our guests is although God has entrusted them with an incredible platform that has a lot of influence, this married couple is full of grace, humility, and finds no greater joy than deflecting the honor and glory onto the Lord himself. Joining us today are Grant and Maddie Trout. And my friends, this conversation is for everyone, as we're going to be talking about how we can find true joy and satisfaction no matter the season and no matter your relationship status. But then we're also going to dive deep into the gift of marriage and really reflect on some strategies that can help couples love well or even turn their love around. So with that being said, let's welcome our special guests. Grant and Maddie, thank you both so much for joining us today. It's good to be here, Zach. Feels right. It feels right. (laughs) Hey, Grant has blessed our listeners uh, several times now, twice on the podcast. This is his third time joining us back. I'm grateful that Mm. he brought Maddie Mm. to join us today. Better half. Come on, better Better half is here. 
Let's the third, go, it just feels like complete. The third the one third with the better one. half. No coincidence. Yeah, she's good. <laughs> I'm so excited, you guys, to dive into just the conversation today about how we can find satisfaction, no matter the season of life, no matter our relationship status. But also, we're going to be diving into and really taking a deep dive into the gift of marriage and really understanding how we can live, love, and lead more effectively together. You guys just celebrated your one-year anniversary this past November. Everybody always says the first year is the hardest. So I got to ask mm-hmm. up front. Why do you guys think that people say that? But also, what was year one like for you guys? You go first. <laughs> Listen, I, I you, know. you want the honest answer? No. I, honest. <laughs> I know why people say it's the hardest. <laughs> I'll just start it by saying we that. We do know. We know. We understand. Um, I think I said this on the second one, but we seven days after we got married, we kind of dropped our life into a new city, new job, and just a lot of new And we had only known each other for kind of a cumulative 10 months before this moment. And so, you know, we dated for seven, got engaged, and then got married in in three. Um, And so we're we're sitting in this new spot. And I think we're just learning everything there is to know about someone. Because when you date God's way, like especially when you're dating God's way, there's just boundaries you keep up. And then all of a sudden, one day you drop off in a house and it's like free game. (laughs) Everything goes. And in the beauty of all that... Um, no one's ever been this close to me. No, you know, I've always had the kind of good night or I'm feeling sick. I've always been able to distance myself. Now there's someone near all the time. Seeing the good, the bad, the ugly, the right? up close, everything. Right. So I think just in the midst of that, it's like when the ugly and the bad starts to rise that I thought the Lord had already dealt with. Mm. I now have this godly woman by my side mm-hmm. calling it out. Yeah. And she's like, hold on, Grant. No, if we're gonna if we're gonna live like God's called us to, and she's exposing something. And I think for us, when you have two passionate, fiery, um, just energetic people, you can have these kind of moments where um, marriage brings out this sort of like, it's it's not a fear. It's just like, oh, this is all so new. Um, And so I would just say, yes, it's been hard. But I think we hit something on our six month uh, kind of just anniversary date breakthrough where something happened. <laughs> six and, months married, something um, switched. Zach, I'm sure. You, I mean, you know this, but like we just figured out what are we fighting about? Yeah. Like, what are we actually arguing about? And you people can tell you that all day long, but you have to experience it. And we went on a little vacation for our six month anniversary, and we went through these questions, and um, our mentors had given them to us, and it, it, the question said. Hey, when you respond or when you receive this, you cannot respond. And so you just have to sit and listen. And we had these moments where we were super vulnerable, super honest. Hey, how do you think I'm doing at being a godly husband? Go. I can't respond until she says. So I get to get it all off my chest. I get to tell it like it is. And he just has to sit there. And and vice versa. And vice versa. (laughs) <laughs> and so I, I but would just say it was a game changer. Um, it was yeah. huge for us. We we learned to communicate. I think that was the first moment where I was like, I need to listen more, mm-hmm. um, and I need to receive more. It's not about how I feel that I'm doing. How is she receiving it? Because however I think I'm right or however I think I'm doing, it truly doesn't matter if she's not receiving love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, 
Amen to all of that. I think that, you know, we always say relationships reveal, they reveal the best parts of you, the worst parts of you. And when you are doing relationships, God's way in dating, like for me, one of the biggest switches I had to have in my mind was that in dating, um, you know, we're of course pursuing purity. We have all of these boundaries, but I also have this mindset of, you know, he's got to, he's got to pursue me. He's got to prove like he's, you know, he's got to get my attention, all this stuff. And then you get married. And now it's like, oh, I got to die to myself. I got to serve him. I got to submit under his leadership. And it was just a big mind shift um, and switch for me. And that was really tough at first. Like there was some, I think for me, some some gender roles and just God's original design uh, for marriage that I honestly struggled with at the beginning because I was selfish and I was used to leading myself. And it was really hard to uh, come under someone else's leadership and um, and trust that. Uh, there's also just the like leaving and cleaving of your family and mm-hmm. everything you had been loyal to your whole life and yes. now being like, we're starting our own family. Mm-hmm. And the amount of times he had to be like, hey, we're family number one, you know, like this is family number one. He had to remind me that um, often. And so I would say those were kind of two of the biggest adjustments at least on my end, but yeah, I agree that six month trip, just those questions. Um, and it, and it, he kind of touched on this, but James one nineteen speaks to, you know, being slow to speak right. and quick to listen, slow yeah. to get angry. And I feel like that was really the start of that for us of like, Hey, we can't keep fighting to win and to be right. Totally. And to out, you know, to, uh, <clears throat> win against each other. Like winning is coming together and mm-hmm. being united and, um, And just reminding each other, you know, that cheesy saying of like, we're on the same team as cheesy and common as it is, it, you have to continue to remind yourself of that often. It's like, oh yeah, like you're for me and you know, we are on the same team and we are one. Um, And so I feel like that was kind of a a big shift for us six months, six months in. And then the last six months, they've honestly, they've been so good. It's been so good, man. I mean, well, it's been about eight or nine months now, I guess. Yeah. And, and what I would say is like, what we learned is that hard isn't bad. Yeah. That's right. It's just hard. Right. And like, I think what we thought, we're like, what's going wrong? What are we doing wrong? And it's like, it's just hard. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. beautiful. And what I would take this time to encourage anybody, we tell all of our friends now, leave and cleave. Like maybe for the first year, year and a half, like what we've seen God do by getting away and only having each other and building community out of that has been so healing mm-hmm. and just strengthening and forging because the Bible says Genesis two, it's like a man and a woman shall leave their father and mother yep. and the two shall become one. Yeah. So there's this definite leaving and then cleaving to one another. That was God's design. And it's been super healthy yeah, for us. Totally. Wow, you guys, it's amazing to hear. You both are insinuating. I love what you mentioned, Maddie. Relationships, marriage especially, does not fix things. It only reveals or exploits those things, right? And it exploits all of them to the surface. We all go through the challenges of trying to collaborate two very different people, different upbringings, different families into one, right? And when you talk about leave and cleave, how important that is, because then God can bring about some great works in and throughout you and your relationship. I also... I see the imagery I was reminded a couple of weeks ago when it comes to families, when it comes to marriage, when I do work in the mental health space, what you guys are saying, oftentimes we can find ourselves on both ends of the tug of war rope, but recognizing that we're not called to fight 
nose to nose, but rather back to back. We should both be on the same side of that mm-hmm. rope fighting against the challenges that yeah. come up and try to rob us of the grace and the goodness that we can find in our relationships. So yeah. I love uh, just the start that you guys have brought us out on. And the second thing I want to ask then is diving into this six-month kind of occurrence where you guys had to be real honest and real humble to mm-hmm. receive influence from one another. Let me ask, you know, vulnerability is so key in relationships. Grant, I've heard you share on a previous podcast um, just that you were very open. You were very vulnerable with Maddie, even on after that first date. And you got right. kind of expressed some challenges, right, mm-hmm. that you were going through in your own personal life. You set the bar like, this is our expectation. We're going to have fun, but we're also going to go deep into these deep depths of places. Mm-hmm. How important is vulnerability in your guys' relationship? And how important is it to mm-hmm. effectively and efficiently communicate expectations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. You're better at it no, than me, so no. you go. <laughs> you're, you're growing in this, so I'm here's growing. your opportunity. Zach, I'm growing. Hey, let me tell you, when I met this woman, <laughs> she didn't know the word vulnerability. I mean, Vulnerability was terrifying. Bars over that heart. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And she needed a sensitive, romantic man to I come did. into her right. life. I did. No, you've, you've, I, you've honestly grown so much in this, and I'm so proud of you in this. Yeah. And so... Well, thank you. Emotions were really scary for me. I had Absolutely. experienced rejection. I had been hurt. I had, I had eyes on me. I had been let down, you know, all kinds of different things that just created a hardened heart that it was really hard for me to let people in. And even be honest, like fully with myself, it wasn't even like I was, you know, holding all these secrets back. It just was like, I had a hard time even, you know, owning what I really felt but he has helped me so much in that. So yeah, you answered it. <laughs> um, it's really important. It's really important yeah. because um, one thing that we've started to see in marriage is like, if she was going through something, she wouldn't always let me in early. And so she would kind of reach this moment where either things would just come out out of nowhere. And I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. how long? You know, how long was that in there? And, and what we're seeing is like, man, God designed us to become one. And so like now we operate as one. And so I want to know what's in here. Mm -hmm. And and I'm pointing to my head and my heart. If you're listening, like I want to know your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And what we've also discovered is sometimes it's helpful to, to kind of, wrestle those out either with the Lord or with girl community or with guy community. In my yes. case, sometimes it's not always helpful to go with just the raw thoughts to each other. We also learned that. <laughs> um, but if we're going to be one, I want to know what's on your heart. I, I want to know if you cried in the shower, like don't hide that from me. Like mm-hmm. I want to be there for you. I'm called to love you as Christ loved the church. So I've got to know. Mm-hmm. I've got to know how I can love you. And she's really good at kind of giving like feedback, like, Grant, here's what I need. Yeah. But what was missing was, here's what my heart is actually feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I started to understand, okay, here's what you're feeling. Here's what you need. Now I can try and just like meet that the best way I can. Yeah. Um, the way she's really helped me in this is I'm a feeler. And so I feel things really deeply. Mm-hmm. She's been the greatest soundboard. She's like, Grant, just mm-hmm. what, what's going on? What are you feeling? And I'll tell her and she'll go, okay, I hear that, but here's what the, here's what truth says. Mm-hmm. And so she, she, she hears me. She doesn't, what she used to do was just go, Hey, that's, here's what truth is. Mm-hmm. And she'd hit it really hard. And I'm like, Hey, I, I, I can't receive that. I feel like you're belittling my emotions and She's learned to go, I get that. That's the way God made you. And that is that is a strength of yours, Grant. But if you let that sit too long in your mind, here's what the enemy's going to do. Here's the truth of God's word. And we've seen vulnerability in our own lives 
build this like strength within us. And emotions are connectors, you know, it's what connects us with people. And so when we shut those off, I think, you know, it, 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 keeps our connection from being what it can be. Mm-hmm. And I know for, you know, the longest time I was really afraid of letting people in, but it's like yeah. in, in the reality with my spouse and, and with people in general, but like, especially in the context of marriage, um, like I do want him to see my heart. And I think my defense mechanism is, you know, if he's hurt me in some way is to react out of defense and anger and to point fingers rather than to actually be like, Hey, I feel unwanted right now or hey I feel afraid right now or I feel lonely right now it's a lot easier for me to be like if you would have just (laughs) and I'm working on that but he has been um just the Holy Spirit and then him have been so patient with me, but we always joke, you know, he's the grace to my truth and I'm the truth to his grace. And we've been such good compliments to one another, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I think is such a good thing to touch on when we're talking about relationships. I'm really grateful that I've found someone that has added to my life. Mm -hmm. He doesn't complete my life because Mm -hmm. only Jesus can do that, but he has added such value and he has complimented me in such a godly way. Um, he's able to speak truth that I, and, and call out blind spots that I can't always see and vice versa. Um, but yeah, vulnerability has been so huge and it's such an amazing way, um, you know, to just, yeah, to connect with people, to, to empathize with people. You know, we serve a God of emotion, um, and you know, he gave us emotions. And so those are beautiful and to be embraced, not necessarily to, you know, feelings are not, maybe the leaders of our life, um, but they do indicate, you know, some, some deeper things. And it's risky. I mean, it's risky to really let someone in that deep. And so like, it's taken us time, Yeah, you know, it really like, you got to trust. And I think I'm probably more trusting naturally, but like, it's really risky. And so for anyone listening, it's like, I get it. You know, I get it. And it does take time. You got to trust that person with your heart, with your emotions. And, uh, but it's like, love you if you if you really want to experience love you've got to take that risk of um of getting hurt mm-hmm. of like of them yeah not knowing sometimes how to respond yeah, in the best way sometimes. yeah totally yeah. totally that's right and i love what you guys are saying because trust Trust is earned, right? Not just simply given. And oftentimes when we approach it through that perspective of, I would rather your presence than your perspective, as Catherine Wolf, one of our mutual friends would say, the Mm. ministry of tears right before the ministry of truth, that fosters then a level of safety and of trust then for us to express those emotions freely. So that way we can actually, you know, dive in deep into the inner depths of our heart, reveal some of those hurts, reveal some of those hangups, those scripts of the past that may be coming up. And Mm. then it only fosters there's a deeper level of connection because we only communicate so that way we can further connect. And I also appreciate that idea of feelings are great, you know, indicators. They're horrible dictators, great indicators. Mm-hmm. I also view them a lot as emotions or invitations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The more we get to press in, um, the more we get to know each other and the more we get to then love each other in the primary love language and ways in which we need and we desire. We need mm-hmm. to ask more questions rather than make more assumptions. That's a lesson I've learned in my own marriage, right? And the greatest form of empathy is inquiry. For you guys, 
you guys kind of touched on it, the importance of relationship, the importance of community. I know you guys met in your young adult years, right? One thing I know is that you're incredibly passionate about reaching today's generations, young adults, the next gen. You guys have a lot of great influence in that space, in that sphere. So for you guys, one thing I've noticed, I don't know about you, is that young adults in the next gen, they're incredibly lonely. Um, I mean, and we know this about loneliness. It's kind of the invisible illness of our day and age. And the undiagnosed illnesses are the ones that are always the most dangerous and the most deadly. One of the best definitions I've heard for the word loneliness is from a friend of mine, Justin Whitmell Early, who was on the podcast a couple months back. He said that in his words, loneliness is someone who used to have friends before they got married, before they got the promotion, before they started you know, their doctoral program, whatever it is, and then they lost that aspect of community. So what mm. I would love for you guys to speak into, I'll ask you this question, Maddie. To the person out there today who's maybe single, maybe is navigating throughout life, they know that they were made for relationship. They seek relationship. They're asking God for the right person. Maybe they're trying to find those somebody to complete them rather than to compliment them. What would you say to that person during this waiting season mm-hmm. that they can do not to be passive, but to be active and really be expectant of what God has in store? Yeah. Man, I love that question. And I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is 1 Corinthians 7. And it talks all about, you know, that cliche phrase that we hear all the time. And I know if you're anything like me, when I was single and I heard it, I rolled my eyes and wanted to punch the person in the face. But it is true that singleness is a gift. And 1 Corinthians 7 talks all about how singleness actually gives us undivided devotion to Mm. Jesus. Mm. And I love that so much because it, it goes on to say like the married man is concerned with pleasing his wife, the married woman is concerned with pleasing, you know, her husband. And it's not to, you know, belittle or say that marriage is bad, but it really points to the gift and the goodness of singleness. And I think if we were to be able to shift our perspective to that, almost change like an earthly lens to an eternal focus of mm. I am here to know God and to be known by him and to make him known to others. And when that's our focus, then it has less to do with what we're not getting, but what we have already access to and to continue in that. And so for me, I struggled with, you know, singleness for a long time, especially because I was seeing so many people get married and so many people, you know, be where I wanted to be. And I was frustrated with God. I was like, you know, why are you withholding good for me? Why, why am I not? not getting this miracle? Why is this not working out for me? And then it was really easy to take that against myself. You know, there must be something wrong with me. And for me, I just remember having this moment with the Lord and he just kindly rebuked me as he does sometimes. And it just says, you are looking for the right thing in all the wrong places. You're trying to find what you're looking for in another person Mm -hmm. and it can only be found in me. And that was when I realized, Jesus, your love alone is what's going to satisfy me completely and give me what I'm looking for. Not another person can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was when I was really able to start building just healthy and holy habits surrounding myself with godly people. And it really shifted the perspective of single and bitter to single and thriving and really just, yeah, creating, um, learning contentment in the season that God had me in. Because I think oftentimes it's so easy, uh, you know, that common phrase of the grass is greener on the other side. It's so easy to look at where we're not, but when we neglect where, you know, we currently are, we're missing out on all that God has for us today and right now. And I truly believe like singleness, the 
way that I did singleness and going all in with Jesus, developing healthy habits, you know, pursuing purity, you know, uh, uh, reading my word, developing a strong prayer life and all of these things, finding my purpose, finding who I am in Christ. Those things really helped me and prepared me for marriage. And I am so grateful for that because if I had not learned um, just those things, I think it would have not that you can't learn it in marriage, um, but I think it would have made marriage even more difficult, you know, coming into it from this place of lack. Like, I don't really know who I am. I don't really have my own hobbies and healthy habits. Um, I don't really know what my purpose is. Then you're almost looking for someone else to give Mm. you that. Mm. And I'm really grateful that I had come Mm. to this place where I was like, Jesus, you alone satisfy, you alone complete me. And even when Grant came into my life, Mm. it was like, man, you are an addition. You are a compliment and you are who I want to, you know, charge the gates of hell, you know, against with. And I knew I wanted to live on mission with him and I knew he was God's best for my life, Mm. but I also knew he still didn't complete me and that it still took, you know, that relationship with Jesus and him alone um, to give me ultimately what I'm looking for. And we see that in marriage too. Like we even each morning, like we had some mornings early on, I think in marriage where we were, you know, I I would get upset with him because we would wake up and he would want to go off and immediately go read his Bible and go to a coffee shop. And I mean, it sounds great. You're like, Maddie, why wouldn't you want him to do that? Like, let me go. Let me spend time with my father. (laughs) Gosh. I wanted to wake up and I wanted to make breakfast. Pancakes. I wanted to sit down. I wanted him to tell me how awesome I was. Then we read our Bible together. I'm like Zach. And, (laughs) And so we had to figure that out early on and something I realized was like man yeah I'm going to be able to be the wife God's called me to be he's going to be able to be the husband he's been called to be when we both you know get filled up first with the Mm -hmm. Lord and when we take that Matthew 633 verse very seriously Mm -hmm. of hey we are called to seek first not Grant not Maddie not other people's opinions but God and to build on that relationship first and then we're able to overflow out of that with love towards one another Wow, you guys. I mean, what a powerful response uh, just from Maddie right there, just in understanding the significance of community, the significance of one another, but also understanding that relationship with God. Our vertical relationship is a hundred times more important than the horizontal. That doesn't diminish the significance of the horizontal relationship with other people, but only God can complete us. Only God can fulfill us. Only God can satisfy us. When we talk about waiting, right? And that idea of patience. I always like to tell people, don't waste your wait. A lot of people in these waiting seasons, wilderness seasons of life, they're just waiting for God to bring the right person along for them. They end up wasting it. And I think when you look at that understanding, just like you said, Maddie, that waiting is really at the end of the day, it's an active process, not a passive one. And you look at the Greek and Hebrew, like root of the word wait, it actually means to be intertwined with, right? Mm -hmm. So what that really means in Isaiah 43, when it talks about waiting on the Lord to renew our strength, that's about being intertwined with God in the midst of our waiting. That it's doesn't great. mean like, God, hey, you know what? I'm praying for the miracle. I'm praying for the guy. I'm praying for the girl. No, that means like go be an active part of a relationship with yes, God first and he'll come alongside the way, right? It's, so it's amazing just to hear what you guys, um, the, the wisdom that you guys have learned. Mm-hmm in the first year and a half, really, of marriage. Mm-hmm. That being said, for you guys, as we continually just unpack these things, I could take this conversation in a million different directions, but I've loved where we've gone this far. Mm-hmm. You guys um, got called into the gift of marriage, right? 
it's such a blessing. Um, that's something that we can all probably speak to. I know when I think of my wife, Evelyn, what a gift that she is to me, what a blessing that marriage is. But so many people, you guys, end up seeing the perspective of it becoming a burden in their mm-hmm. own lives. So Grant, let me ask you this, my friend. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things uh, that you really think are culprits that work against love and really end up mm-hmm. causing people to lose it, love? Totally, man. I, I think um, you just look at the world. You look at culture. You look at movies. You look at music. Everything is fighting against marriage. Yeah. Why? Because that's Satan's number one goal. He's like, I want to tear apart the family. Because if I can tear apart the family, I can tear apart the children mm. and I get to the root of, of God's heart. And so everything is coming against God's original design in Genesis 2. Mm. And so what you look at, what you listen to, someone told me this, Grant, start your day with truth because the rest of the day, the, the world is going to send you lies. Mm. So start with truth because everything else you see, it's going to be sending lies your way. Yeah. And so I think people are just literally looking at their parents or looking at their friends' parents, and they're going, why would I want that? And what we've seen is when we entered marriage, we had a lot of people that were just going, man, get ready. All right, get ready. Um, And what we didn't hear was, hey, this is the greatest thing ever. This was God's design. This is actually, in Ephesians 5, the mystery between Jesus and his bride, the church. And so what we started to do was like, hey, we're not going to settle for, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's going to take work. But this is beautiful. And I'm going to work. And what people don't want to do is put in the work. And so I got to learn my wife. Yeah. She constantly will come to me and just go, Grant, there are moments where I feel like you don't know me. Because she'll, she'll, what she'll do is she wants me to order her coffee or her, her food for her. And if I get it wrong, she's like, do you even I'm know like, me? like, you don't know She's me. like, you don't love me. That sounds <laughs> and, like Evelyn. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, baby. So I like got her the right coffee, but I got it in a to-go cup, not a for here cup. And she's like, she's like, we're sitting in the, the coffee she goes, shop Grant, like, for here. At this coffee shop, I like it for here, not to go. And uh, <laughs> anyways, man, it's so funny. But I'm like, I want to learn you. Yeah. I want to learn you because that's what God calls me to do. Yeah. And the Bible says in First Peter, live with your wife in an understanding way. And a very weighty verse is, uh, it's right after that. It says, for the sake of your prayers. Live with your wife in an understanding way. And so if I'm not treating Maddie right, yet I'm like, God, I want you to give me strength. I want you to bless. The Lord's like, hey, I've called you to that first. Hmm. And and I'm not going to answer what else you're saying until you show me like you're going to prioritize her. And what we have really commissioned our marriage to be is we want people to see our marriage and go, I want the God that they serve. Yeah. Mm. I want to share the gospel simply by the way that I treat Maddie. Mm. No words, just sacrifice and love. And I believe that like, man, why not me and Maddie, you and, and, and Evelyn, why can't we be the examples for people to go, I want, I want a marriage like that. Mm-hmm. That marriage looks amazing. And I think we can because, I mean, the enemy's going to fight it. But that is why we pray together. Yeah. Another thing that we've done to just complete, uh, just bring together our marriage is we pray together. Yeah. And I believe that that's one of the most powerful things you can do with your spouse um, to fight the enemy. 
Yeah, to pray for your spouse and to pray with your spouse. Like we've really seen the power of prayer. Like when we talk about that six month shift, I think communication was a big part of it. Honesty was a big part of it. But I truly think prayer Prayer. may have been the biggest prayer. I mean, prayer, just the power of prayer and um, him praying over us every single night before we go to sleep. And I have a prayer closet here and every single morning, Mm -hmm. I mean, I am praying for him from head to toe and just covering our marriage Mm -hmm. and unity, our intimacy um, in all aspects of our marriage. And I've just seen that completely transform. And I think another just like little thing is finding just little ways to connect, even if it isn't like if you're in the hustle and bustle, or you have, you know, a lot going on, like our schedule, sometimes we have a lot going on, but just finding little moments, even if it's right when he comes home, you know, from work, and we have to run off somewhere. But just whether it's taking a quick walk, whether it's, you know, just looking each other in the eyes and smiling and giving one another a compliment, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's sometimes just like, we'll be slow dancing in the kitchen, just like something sweet, something silly, something that just shows, Hey, I see you. I love you. I'm with you. Mm. Uh, Sometimes those little actions communicate more than words Mm. even can. Mm. And so that's something we've seen that's just continued to keep us um, just, just so connected. Yeah. Yeah. So good, you guys. And I think those three words that I've shared in several episodes in the past, but it's being intentional with one another. It's investing in your relationship every day, every moment of every day, and then it's taking the initiative, not waiting on each other to do those things, but you being the one to do them, you being the one to plan the date night, you being the one to go get the coffee or go get the flowers, doing something along those lines to make each other understand just how important you really are to one another. Um, You know, Maddie, as we keep diving into this conversation, there's a lot of people out there, though, that may be in, let's just say they're in rough marriages, like marriage maybe feels like it's on the rocks. Maybe they're in rough relationships. They're in a dating relationship. It just doesn't seem the way that it's supposed to be going right now. Mm-hmm. Some of the lessons that you guys have already given us are so impactful, and I think they can be applied in those relationships. But what about the person listening that just feels discouraged and disappointed with where they're at in their relational life? What would you share with them as like a first step to begin mm-hmm. doing today in their relationship to hopefully maybe just turn their life and their relationship around? Mm-hmm. A first step, that's tough. I would say prayer would definitely be like first step. That might be the obvious one. So I'll go past that. But I do think that prayer really should be our foundation. I've seen in my own personal life, like that's my first step to any decision. That's my first step to seeing any change actually happen. Mm. Uh, But taking it all before God, before taking it to other people, before complaining about it, before talking, like take it to God um, Mm. truly has been a game changer for me in all aspects of my life from dating and trying to evaluate and figure out if God's in it, if God's blessing it, if it's God's best, um, it to all the way to marriage. And, you know, there'll be something that he's, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated with, or I'm like, God, why can't he just figure this out or get this together? You know? And I've like nagged him enough that I'm like, okay, I need to stop nagging. The Bible's clear about that. And I need to just take it to God and just let God, you know, take, take it from here. Um, and so I do, I think prayer is, is the Bible says it's powerful and effective. And so take it before the Lord. He says, ask and you will receive. And so ask and take it before the Lord. He wants to hear from you. 
I would say um, beyond that is similar to kind of what you were saying is like, take the initiative, um, be, be the first person to serve. Don't look to be served, but look to serve. How can I give? How can I bless my spouse? What can I do for him today that will make him feel loved? I think for me, where I can find myself the most disappointed in my friendships, in my marriage, um, you can really apply this to a lot of different relationships is when I'm constantly focused on myself and I'm looking for, you know, that person to make me feel loved. Mm-hmm. For that person to serve me, for that person to give to me, um, and where I feel the most fulfilled, honestly, I mean, it's 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 biblically based, and so I don't know why I'm so surprised. Often is when I'm giving. It's when I. It's not when I'm receiving. It's not when I'm getting that thing. Those things might make me feel loved, but it's when I'm using what God's given me to bless someone else, and it's mm-hmm. when you know I'm using the gifts God's given me, whether that's to encourage, whether that's to speak truth, whether that's to pray, um, but to use those gifts to bless someone else. And then just using your words wisely. I think we we um, undervalue the power of our words so often, yeah. Yeah. and we can use our words um, against us. We can use our words against our situation, the, the very situation we're hoping to change and hoping to get better. We can usually uh, use our words to literally tear it down and to speak death. Um, the Bible says, you know, life and death is held in the power of the tongue. And so that means we're literally speaking life into existence or we are speaking death into existence. And so it's so powerful, um, you know, the the words that we say. And so whether that's over a person, you know, if I'm constantly saying, gosh, Grant, you know, I just wish you'd be a better husband. I just wish you'd love me more. I just wish this, if only you did this, if only you had this. I personally, and maybe you disagree, I personally feel like that's not a lot of motivation for him to want to change, you know? But if I start speaking, man, you are such an amazing husband. And when you do this, it makes me feel this way. You make me feel so loved Mm. and so seen. It makes him want to do that more. And so I think using our words directly over that person, um, but even just speaking things into existence. And a lot of that comes out into prayer um, of just like, Lord, I don't see change right now, but I believe, you know, by the power of your word, like I'm, I'm prophesying that my husband, you know, will, will be a man of God. My husband will lead me spiritually. My husband will, whatever the circumstance is, that we're hoping for change, just speaking that and praying that, mm-hmm. um, and, and our words are just so powerful. So mm-hmm. you asked for one, I gave you I love three, it. but I, love it. I felt like prayer was, I had already spoken to that. So I wanted to, to take it a step further. It's so good. Prayer, taking the initiative and speaking life. Pastor Mark Batterson, he reminded me of this on a podcast episode, uh, this past fall, he said, words create worlds. They can create worlds of hurt or worlds of hope and healing. And that's exactly what you spoke to, right? What we should be doing is uplifting one another, encouraging one another, edifying one another, right? Not beating each other down. It's so easy for us, though. I think of Gottman Family Institute, John Gottman. He does a lot of research on what pulls couples apart, what leads them to separation or divorce, but also what keeps them together. His four horsemen that he talks about, the first two are really about, you know, being able to critique each other or criticism is a big one that really tears couples apart. And then getting to a point of contempt where you actually are aiming words at one another to try to hurt each other, to try to dismember one's self-esteem and self-confidence. That's the number one predictor, you guys, of Mm -hmm. divorce. So be careful, again, of what world you will create with your words. Grant, for you, John Gottman has a great uh, quote that I, I love kind of sharing. He says, you can't be influential 
if you can't accept influence from each other. You guys talked a lot about that up front on that six-month aspect where you guys are able to be honest with each other, humble yourself, be able to hear, receive, accept that influence. But you both are running a million miles an hour. God has entrusted you both with this unique gift to lead, to communicate, to have great influence for such a time as this. How do you guys take the time? I'll start with you, Grant, but I also want to hear your perspective, Maddie. How do you take the time to humble yourself, to receive that level of influence from one another as you both, like you said, got a little spark in you, got a little extra step, you got a little extra juice and leadership. How do you do those things? Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And like, we've taken that really serious. And when, when James says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble, I don't want the creator of the heavens and the earth to oppose me. Mm -hmm. And so I want to walk in with a humble spirit. And when you humble yourself before the Lord, what we've seen is that can just, that translates to your relationships. And, And when you stand at the cross of Jesus Christ, that leaves no room for pride. Mm-hmm. And and that's how we remind ourselves of the yeah. gospel almost daily. Um, how we've seen just that be very, really powerful in our relationship is um, it, it's like, Maddie, I want you to know that I want to be the best husband I possibly can to you. And so it's not going to be easy to always receive this. But if you see something in me that does not align with God's word and how he's commissioned me to lead you, you have full permission to speak that into my life. And that didn't come day one of marriage. That came over time. And Maddie, as she's had permission to do that, now can speak to me in that gentle spirit. But of course, I don't always receive it the best. Like she'll, she'll come to me and she'll say something and I'll, I'll get that defensiveness. But then it's like, okay, wait, I know she loves me. And I know that she's coming to me in a, in a spirit of, I want the best for our marriage. Um, and so we've seen just that play a really big part in it. Also, like, there's nothing more unattractive than arrogance and pride. And um, there's nothing that looks more like our enemy, the devil, than arrogance and pride. And it's like, man, as believers, like we should be the most encouraging and humble people on this earth. And sadly, that's not the case. Yeah. And uh, but you have to fight for it, man. It's a daily renewal. It's a daily mind change. It's a shift. And so we wake up. She goes to the prayer closet. I stay on the living room floor and we get right with our father first. Mm -hmm. And we see the days that we skip that. And there are days that that just doesn't happen where that arrogance and that pride and that ego and and all that comes out, man. And so we're not perfect at all. We often have moments where it's like ego's involved. Um, But at the end of the day, she will always make me pray over her and we'll be laying in bed. And sometimes I'm like, He's dead tired. Dead tired. In the middle of a fight, and she'll flip her arm over, and it'll hit my chest, and and I've got to grab her hand and go, dear God. And for some reason, that just so centers us back to same team. We got it. We're not perfect, Mm -hmm. but let's do this together. Uh, that's what I would say. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, there's so many things that, that come to mind. He, he does such an amazing job, which I think just shows such a spirit of humility. As soon as there's disagreement, um, it may take him a second, but he's always the first one. So I need to grow in this. I'll confess. I'll confess to you guys. <laughs> yes. Vulnerability. It's, it's growing. This is a safe place. It's a safe place. <laughs> he is so good at, at coming and saying, will you forgive me for 
and then stating what he needs forgiveness for. Um, I have grown and I'm getting better, but I am working on that. And I, I, I truly do think that's where pride so easily can be spotted is when things don't go your way or when you've been offended. Like, how do you respond? And the Bible is very clear about how our view and perspective and response should be um, regarding forgiveness. Like we've been forgiven. So mm. who are we to withhold forgiveness towards someone else? And it's really easy in marriage to have that offended spirit, you know, and to let that pride continue to fester. And then you start creating all of these assumptions. That's where criticism starts, you know, well, this and that. And mm. um, man, I just, I see like that immediately get like, I'll be red in the face, angry. And he's just like, will you forgive me? And I'm like, oh, uh, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> and then I can't even be mad anymore. And so, you know, something we've been, someone encouraged us once was just like, man, outdo one another and how quick you can ask for forgiveness. Like outdo one another and in, in just like showing humility and saying, Hey, like Philippians two talks about, we are called to have the same mindset as Christ when it, when it comes to relationships with one another. And so because of that, like I, I should consider you as more important than my own opinions and my own, you know, what I want to, what I want to accomplish in this moment. Um, so I would say that, and man, I think even just like praying Psalm one thirty nine of like, search my heart, God, remove mm-hmm. any offensive yeah. way in me, like show me if there's there's anything in me, any pride in my heart, Lord, just any, any dark spots that I'm not seeing, like purify me from all unrighteousness. And I think continuing to have that posture, he referred to it early of, he, he kind of has his spot in the living room. He watches the sunrise and I'm upstairs in the, in the prayer closet. And those have kind of become our spots and it takes Mm -hmm. that, you know, continual daily. I'm dying to myself, like, Lord, help me to live for Christ and help me to see others the way that you see them help me to lay my life down um you showed us what love looks like by laying your life down for us and then first john three sixteen shows us how we are to love which is to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters and so because of that i am called to say okay i like i'm dying to myself it's not about maddie um but it's how can i glorify god and how can i love his people and especially regarding my spouse and so i think when you have that mindset um it totally changes like okay Okay, how, how's Grant going to serve me today? Like, mm-hmm. how's it, what, what's he going to do for me? You know, but like he said, it's so easy to fall back into it. You know, you can have an amazing yeah. moment of prayer in the yes. morning. Yes. And then by three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm like, I hadn't heard from you. Like now I'm mad. Now yeah. I'm upset. I'm offended, you know? And so it does, it takes those moment by moments, just mm-hmm. um, trying not to make assumptions. Like you said, ask questions, uh, pray, you know, taking a second. He's also really good at just like taking a second, you know, like, Hey, I need a second. And then let's come back together and let's have a conversation. Um, so yeah, continuing to just seek to understand has mm-hmm. been really helpful too. It's so good. You guys, cause humility is a process, right? We have to embark and engage on the pursuit of it each and every day, but moment by moment, like you said, Maddie, not morning by morning, moment by moment. And I think it's a great segue, as you guys mentioned, um, kind of your own personal quiet time with God. There may be a lot of people out there who are questioning, you know, how do you balance between your own personal walk with Christ as well as like a collaborative effort alongside of your spouse? We all understand, I would, I would assume a lot of our listeners probably have this verse hung up on their walls of Joshua twenty four fifteen. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, right? They probably got the quote everywhere. They probably got it written down somewhere. They want to build that foundation. But where's the balance between, hey, 
I want to have a personal relationship with God that's separate from Evelyn, but at the same totally. time, like I want to pray with her. I want to read God's word with her. How do you balance those two things? Yeah, it's good, Zach. As much as I love her, me and God are first. Yeah. Like that's first. And and I'm going to die one day and I'm going to stand before the Lord and Maddie's not going to be there mm-hmm. and vice versa. She's going to stand before God and I'm not going to be there. And what we've learned is she looked at me one day, she goes, Grant, when you and God are good, me and you are much better. Mm-hmm. And that just like stuck in my head where it's like, Hey, I've got to prioritize him. And out of that overflow, I can then love Maddie how I'm supposed to. Mm-hmm. And so my number one goal, like my number one, I've got to get alone with God. And, and what I've, I think I've said this last time, but I'll, I'll sit on the living room floor and I'll watch the sunrise and I'm just, I'm just talking to the Lord. Sometimes it's prayer. Sometimes it's meditating on the birds chirping, the wind is blowing in the trees and the sun is rising. It's like creation is waking up to God's call. And I'll just, rem, I'll just remind myself like God is big, grain is small. Mm-hmm. And that stills my heart. And then I'll get in the word and you can't hiber, hibernate on God's word. It's a daily, you can't do it. And then live off it for two weeks daily. Same. And out of that, uh, then the next step is a call from Ephesians 5 is to wash your wife in the word. Mm-hmm. And so what we often do to each other is we remind ourselves of scripture. And so we encourage each other, hey, what are you memorizing right now? Mm-hmm. What's God teaching you? One of the number one ta- uh, things we talk about at dinner is, hey, tell me what you learn in God's word today. Mm-hmm. And it's not a cheesy thing because we're supposed to. We're genuinely wondering. Yeah. And when I hear her start to go, Mark 5, there's this story. Mm. I'm falling deeper in love with her. Yeah. And we're going spiritual. It's not just emotional. We're going spiritual. Mm-hmm. And it's the way God designed us to go. And she'll yeah. be like, Grant, what is your next topic on at the net? And I'll begin to tell her. Um, and then what we have to really prioritize that's much harder is what we've talked about, which is prayer together. Yeah. We've seen there's something about, like when we get on our knees together, mm. it, it's this like, hey, we're going to war mm. as a unit and it does something to your soul. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's something there. If I could encourage anybody, there's something there. As we dated though, here's what I would caution people in dating, I, I would not do that together. Yeah. We, we, we had a long prayer one time together in dating. And what that led to was the most sexual temptation we've experienced in dating. Mm. Like we both came out of that prayer like, and I know why. It's because God designed the next step out of that was to physically be one. And so there's something beautiful about the way God designed. It's like you go there spiritual with someone, your body's like, I was made one with you. It's so intimate. So if you're dating, be careful. But in marriage, man, that is beauty and worship to the Father. Yeah, and that was so good. I mean, that's everything I would say. And and I think he, he spoke to this at the beginning, but just the way you love your spouse the best is to love God the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you, you fall more in love with Jesus. You will love your spouse the way you're called to. And so you cannot continue to, to, to be in the word of God and not be convicted and called higher. You know, if, if you're truly like in love with Jesus and asking the Lord to, you know, convict you and lead you um, with that spirit of conviction, you just, you can't like, he's going to be calling you out left and right, refining you. And, you know, I think that that's what keeps us humble. That's what Mm -hmm. keeps us serving one another. And that's what keeps the foundation strong. Um, 
Because there's going to be wind and there's going to be waves and there's going to be all kinds of things that life's going to throw at you. But to have the foundation, Matthew 7 talks about it, to have your foundation built on the rock of Jesus Christ, no matter what comes against you, like what it's built on is so strong and steady, it will stand. It will not fall. And so we continue to just make sure, hey, like he he is number one. We, Mm -hmm. you know, we joke all the time when we have kids, we'll remind them like God's number one. We're number two and y'all are number three. Like, right. you know, they will know, yeah. um, you know, the, the rankings, the, the, <laughs> where they fall. And so, yes. you know, that's that's even something we joke about. But it but it's helpful to even like remind ourselves of like, oh, yeah, like God, God is number one. I can't go to my spouse for something that ultimately only God can give me. He can encourage that. Yeah. He can spur that on. He can yeah. compliment that. But at the end of the day, just like John Ford talks about, like he ultimately he is the only one that's going to be able to ultimately satisfy us um so yeah man falling deeper in love with jesus will help you love your spouse better so good the way you love your spouse the best is by loving god the most that is so good right there maddie you know as you guys are mentioning and as you've brought up throughout this entire conversation god's word really is it's like the playbook it's the guidebook not only to live our life in that life abundantly but also to do relationships well when we view him as the greatest example not just of leadership but of intimacy and of the shared experience i'm reminded of john ortberg he wrote a book recently or actually it was a while back but i read it recently called i'd like you more if you were more like me And in that book, it talks about how God gives us this beautiful example um, of even when you think about what he did with the disciples, they ate together, they fished together, they hiked together, they did, they prayed together, did all these things together. But it says that Jesus never placed efficiency over intimacy, went on Mm -hmm. to say that he was perfectly willing to go about his work more slowly if it meant connecting with those that he loved more deeply. So that's what you guys are saying, you know, slow yourselves down, dive Mm -hmm. into the word, understand what it's saying, but beyond the word of God. I'm also grateful uh, for valuable resources that can help just individuals grow in their lives. Maddie, you recently came out with your newest book that I want to give a little plug for for a second. I want you to share on it. It's titled The Love Everybody Wants, What You're Looking For is Already Yours. Maddie, share with our listeners for a second. There it is right there. Grant's your biggest hype man. Maddie, what is your heart behind the book and what do you hope that every reader walks away with? Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, it was based on the heart behind the book is based on the two greatest commandments that we are given in Matthew 22, um, where Jesus says the two greatest commandments. We know, we know them. We hear them all the time. But when I was reminded of them about two years ago, a few years ago, when I started writing this book, um, it was like the Lord almost revealed to me kind of this order of loves. But it goes on to say in these verses to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and with all your soul, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And so in the book, I really dissect what it looks like um, to love God and be loved by God, what it looks like to love yourself, not in the world's way, but God's way to see yourself the way that God sees you and to know that you are completely whole in him so that you're not looking for someone else to complete you. And then third, um, what it looks like to have godly relationships, what it looks like um, to to build healthy relationships with others um, and to love them the way that God calls you to. And so 
that's kind of the heart behind the book. And, um, you know, the tagline of what you're looking for is already yours is really just the heart of like, so often we're looking for it, you know, externally and, and around us and in someone else or in something else. And at the end of the day, it's only God's love that's going to be able to satisfy us. And it's already available to us, but it's up to us to accept it and receive it and walk in it um, and to choose it daily because mm-hmm. it, it is that daily decision. It's very easy for me to to have that one moment of God, you're the Lord of my life. I give you my life. I make you, you know, my, my king, my Lord. And then, you know, a week later, we, we start placing... Um, that lordship, we start creating other idols and other things and trying to look for that satisfaction in other people. And so it's been it's been a conviction to me, even writing it, it was therapy to myself. Um, and I really, uh, really went through all the different relationship stages, you know, even writing the book, I started writing it single. And then I met Grant and um, got to write, you know, about dating while dating. And, uh, and then we got engaged, and then we got married. And so I got to, to finish the manuscript, it was like a couple months after we had got married and even included our wedding vows in there. And so it's just cool. The grace of God that I was able to write this relationships book that is based on God's love, but that even ties in, you know, our earthly relationships with one another, especially a significant other from, you know, being able to walk through each of those um, point of views. And so I'm really grateful for that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a fun book to, to write and also to just honestly live out. <laughs> what a special message that God placed on your heart for such a time as this. I know it's an invaluable resource that so many of our listeners and viewers uh, will just take so much away from. Maddie, where can the, the listeners and viewers go though to find out more about that book and where can they purchase it? Yeah. So you can, uh, hopefully purchase it anywhere. You can find it in Target, uh, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, um, pretty much anywhere books are sold. I also have a website, theloveeverybodywants.com, um, where you can find the book. There's also a Bible study with it if you want to go even deeper um, into it, just with more packed scripture. And so, yeah. Pretty much anywhere, I guess. (laughs) I would encourage all of our listeners and viewers to go pick up um, just that valuable resource because I'm telling you, it really will uh, just be transformative in your own personal life. And my prayer is that it would be transformative in your relationship with God as well as those closest to you. You guys, Grant knows this, but how I always like to wrap up is I love to just allow our guests to share a pressing word that God Mm. has really placed on their heart for such a time as this. So I'm going to start with Grant and then I'll allow you to kind of close this out, Maddie. But just based on today's conversation, let's just say there's somebody out there today uh, who maybe still feels maybe discouraged, maybe disappointed. They've been encouraged by everything that's been shared. They're Mm. looking forward to diving into God's word even deeper into these invaluable resources that we've mentioned, but they just need one more word of hope encouragement and motivation as we depart. Grant, what is the message that God's placed on your heart to leave them with? Yeah, that's so good, Zach. I I, I can't shake this word. It's compassion. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm doing the Bible recap right now where you're reading the whole Bible in a year, trying to stay on it, sticks to it. Yeah. And we read through Exodus, and it was Exodus 34. And uh, God comes down on this mountain, Mount Sinai, the mountain's trembling, it's shaking, it's fire, hail, lightning. It's just this big, powerful, almighty God. Mm-hmm. And the Israelites had just built the golden calf. And so they just built this golden calf and, and they had just rebelled against God who just led them out of Egypt. And Moses goes up on this mountain and you're waiting for like the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. And in Exodus 34, he comes down and how he describes himself is this word compassionate. He says, I am compassionate. And it's this Greek word, rahum. 
And it's just so stuck out to me. And I was reading a commentary and it said, there's one word throughout the entire Bible that you can just place on God mm-hmm. and it is compassion. Mm-hmm. And so wherever anyone's at right now, if your relationship is in shambles on the rocks, or if you feel like you've sinned and messed up, um, if you're single and you feel shame, whatever you're at right now, I want you to know God is a God of compassion. Mm-hmm. And he's not, he says he's slow to anger. Mm-hmm. He's full of compassion and he's quick to love and know that that's the God that you serve. And that's the God that wants you to draw near to him right now. Not, mm-hmm. not press away. It's tempting in your sin to move away, but he's a father that wants you to move towards him in that. And he'll meet you with compassion and that's just been big on my heart lately. Mm. That's so good. That's yeah. so good, G. Maddie, what's the word that you feel like God's left you with to leave us with today? You know, it's something he actually spoke on um, recently, and we were uh, going over it together. We like to bounce our ideas off of each other and kind of help each other as we're preparing for messages or, or writing or whatever it may be. And um, it's John 1, 5, and it just says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Mm-hmm. And that encourages me so much because like you said, you know, when you're, when you're stuck, when you're feeling discouraged, when you feel like you're in a hopeless place, it can feel like that darkness is so overwhelming. It can feel like there is no light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. But I just love, I love that John just opens up with that of like, God is light and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it and will not overcome it. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that we serve a God of light and that in the midst of our darkest hour and our darkest situation, like, like in the end, he, he will have the final say and, um, and we can have all of our hope and all of our trust in him knowing that whether we see it on this side of eternity or one day in heaven, um, we're going to understand like why we walked through all that we did and he's going to bring just goodness out of it. And so I know for me, like just being able to have hope and being able to keep going um, is, is so helpful with just, I mean, we just live in in trying times. We live in a very confused world. We live um, constantly getting bad news and Mm -hmm. bad reports. And so just knowing that we, we serve a God that is a God of light um, and a God of hope is um, it's freeing for me at least. So hopefully that's encouraging to anybody listening it's not about the darkness it's all about the light and i'm reminded of that word compassion grand in second corinthians 1 3 to 4 that's kind of what we're built on here at adcc that praise be to the god of all mercy the god of all comfort who comforts us in our times of trouble so that we may then comfort others with the same comfort we ourselves have received from god my friends i cannot thank you enough uh, just for your time for your willingness to join us for these conversations over the last couple of days. I'm just grateful um, for all that God is doing in and throughout your lives and in throughout your ministry and in and throughout his work in and through you. Thank you for your marriage, for standing on the firm foundation and for pointing others back to him. Grant and Maddie, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Love you, dude. (laughs) Love you guys. Well, my friends, as we close, I think it's safe to say that most of, if not all of us, have heard some form of 1 Corinthians 13, which reminds us that love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Yet so many continually lose at love. Today, I just want to give you guys three words that I believe can help stoke the flame in your love life again. Intentional, investment, 
and initiative. First, intentional. Some of the best advice I've ever received about love is that what's natural early on needs to be followed by intentional later on to feel natural again. Remember, love is an action and it takes intentionality to act in a loving way. So be intentional in your relationships today. Number two is investment. The truth of the matter is that if you know anything about investments, sometimes you have to invest for a long period of time before you ever even see the return on investment, if you even do. I know things may seem dark, they may seem gloomy, they may seem dim in your relationship right now, but I encourage you to keep making even small investments into your relationship because if you do this consistently, I believe you're setting your relationship up for success. Slow down. Put the phone away, plan the date night, dance in the kitchen, do something to invest in your relationship today. And lastly, take the initiative. Stop waiting around to keep in score. I see so many couples compete with one another in their marriages. Well, it's his turn to do this or she hasn't done that in forever. Remember, you guys, take ownership and responsibility for the love you desire and deserve. Because if you don't, nobody will. And a bonus, love is not just something you become good at. Love is someone you become more like. My prayer is that today, as you spend time with the Lord, he would begin to reveal himself in a greater light and in turn, teach you how to be a reflection of his love to others. So from all of us here at the AACC and the Built Different Podcast, my friends, we hope you have a blessed day. As always, thank you so much for joining us. We love being a part of your life, and we hope to see you right back here next time on the Built Different Podcast.